Hey there, welcome to the Thinking Christian Podcast. I am your host, Dane Kramer. I want to thank you for joining me today. Thanks for downloading this podcast and for listening. If you'd like to know more about the Thinking Christian Podcast, just go to thethinkingchristian.us. That is my webpage. There you'll find all the previously released podcasts. You'll find a description of this podcast, why I'm even here. You can read that. Uh, I can tell you why I'm here. I'm here because uh, I'm a Christian, and I'm also a person who likes to think that he thinks. In other words, I like to look at the issues surrounding faith and um, Christianity in a very reasonable, logical, unemotional uh, position, or at least a stance. I'd like to come to it from from that uh, location, from that position. In other words, I'm not I'm not accepting my faith merely because someone with authority or with an implied authority says that I should believe. I'm I'm a believer because I believe it's logical. I believe that it's reasonable. That's one of the reasons. There's some more. If you'd like to know more about those, just go to the very first and second podcast that I've ever uh, made, and there you'll find a description of that. But that's why I'm here. That's why the Thinking Christian podcast is uh, is here, because I am interested in thinking things and thinking through things. Okay, today's episode is something I'd like to think through with you. Um, and uh, if you're joining me, um, I'm going to invite you to think through this with me. Now, before I introduce the subject matter, I'll tell you that this is something that I've heard both from solid Christian believers as well as peripheral peripheral believers, uh, those maybe on the fringes, maybe, uh, well, I'll explain what I mean. Uh, it, it, it's an ideology, it's a concept that, that both Christians and sometimes non-Christians hold, and I don't agree with it. And I'm going to tell you the reasons why I don't agree with it as I go through this podcast, but let me first describe to you, again, what I'm talking about. Um, there's this idea that the the Old Testament God, the God of the Old Testament, is different than the God of the New Testament. That the Old Testament God is kind of um, oh grumpy. <laughs> that he is uh, uh, out for revenge. That he is always smiting this person and smoting that person. That he's always uh, you know um, striking people with plagues and so on and so forth. And then suddenly we have the New Testament and we have hippie Jesus who is just all love rainbow and unicorns. And so we have these you know two different kind of gods. Now I've heard this from. All kind of people. Uh, just a, 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 the other week, I heard it at um, at our small group Bible study. Someone talked about how you know the God of the New Testament was different than the God of the Old Testament. Um, the other night, I heard it in, in the Bible study at the jail from a person who's really not a solid Christian. I wouldn't describe him as that, but he was also under the illusion that the God of the Old Testament was this watch out God because he is always you know killing people. Um, I've actually heard it from the pulpit. I've heard pastors talk about how you know the we're, we're, we have to be very grateful that we're living in the New Testament because the Old Testament that was a difficult time and that God used a different standard to judge people than He does now. So, something like that. And uh, so I want to discuss that because I think that misconception is important. I think that it leads, I think it is a misconception, and I think those who embrace it are led to uh, an understanding of God which is incorrect. 
And, you know, I think it's important to have a correct understanding of God as close as we possibly can. Um, we don't want to incorrectly describe him to others, nor do we want to incorrectly embrace him. We want to know who he is. And I, and I, and I believe that this understanding is, is wrong. And that's what I want to talk about today. Now, if you kind of want to know where this misunderstanding comes from, if you've done any reading of the Old Testament, you might kind of know where I'm going with some of this. I mean, it just seems like in the Old Testament, God is always doing this or that. I mean, he's always judging, it seems like. Of course, there's Noah's flood and then and um, Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, he rained down fire and brimstone on that city. There's um, the plagues against Egypt. Um there is, uh, you might remember Korah's rebellion. Korah was a, a, a Hebrew person in Numbers chapter 16 who, who led a rebellion against the God and the earth opened up and swallowed him and his family up. And so we, we read about those kinds of things and we think, wow, you know, God, God's angry, <laughs> you know. Um, he sent the Assyrians against the uh, Israelites in um 722 BC since the send the Babylonians against them in 586 BC and so some you know believe wow you know God that God of the Old Testament he's a wrathful vengeful God um, I got a number of things to say about that uh, first of all I, I believe it's it's um, it's not correct to say that God was doing all of those things at least arbitrarily uh, matter of fact, let's take Noah's flood, for example, because I mentioned that. Uh, in, in Genesis chapter 6, he said, you know, I, I can't always strive with mankind. Uh, the, the evilness of, of the earth had grown so bad that God realized something has to be done. But he said, I'll do it 120 years. <laughs> you know, uh, I'll give them some time. I'll wait. And so the patience of God, to me, overwhelms the judgment that God gives. I mean, yeah, he did judge, but he gave them a lot of time. You might remember um, God told Abraham, uh, I think it's in Genesis 15, that God told Abraham, uh, you know, I'm going to give you the promised land. Now, I'm paraphrasing now. I'm going to give you the promised land, but uh, the sin of the Canaanites who are living there now, well, it's not that bad yet. I, I can't chase them out. Um I can't punish them because, you know, they're, they're, they haven't reached a point. I mean, God was still patient with them. And then when it came time, I mean, uh, and they were an evil people who were doing horrible, horrible things. I mean, almost unspeakable things, even to their own children. It was awful what they were doing. God said, all right, it's time to judge and it's time to clean, clean house. And he did. But, but he told Abraham, I can't do it yet. I mean, you know, it's, it's, in fact, it, it was going to be another 400 years uh, until that was going to take place. That's a long time. And again, we see the patience of God just coming through. Uh, yes, he did send the Assyrians to, to uh, punish uh, Israel. And he sent later the Babylonians to punish Israel. And yet, time and again, he sent prophets to them saying, stop it. Stop what you're doing. Turn around. And God was very, very patient with them, trying to get them to, you know, stop their what they what they were doing. Um, I mentioned uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. 
In uh, Genesis chapter 18, God tells Abraham that he's going to punish Sodom, the the city, for its wickedness. And Abraham begins to plead with God. And he said, well, you know what? If you find 50 righteous people there, will you spare the city? And God says, yeah, I'll do it for 50. What will we do for 40? I'll spare the city for 40. He says, what if you find 30? And he says, yeah, what if you find 20? And, and, And God says, yeah. And Abraham takes him down to 10. And he said, you know, if you find 10 righteous people, will you spare the city? And God said he would. Um, you know, God was looking for a reason, I believe, not to punish. Um, he, you know, he, he already had reasons to punish, but he was looking for good reasons not to punish. And I think that's the heart of God, a very patient God, a, very, a God who is understanding, uh, a God who is uh, looking for reasons to extend his grace and mercy. In uh, Psalm 18, the psalmist says, uh, God, your mercy endures forever. He says that over and over and over because he understands and sees that God's mercy, his long suffering, his patience is his predominant characteristic, not his vengeful attitude. And so I, I'm not sure exactly where where this attitude or this idea comes that God is this uh, God of the Old Testament was this vengeful God, and I'm not sure where the the idea that the God of the New Testament, Jesus, for example, is different than that. Um, certainly, Jesus showed the love of God, which has always been present. Showed the patience of God, which has always been present. But we also see in the New Testament plenty of evidence. In fact maybe more evidence that God can be a vengeful, wrathful God at times. Uh, you know, the, the, the words, the opening words of the New Testament is John the Baptist as he's out preaching in the wilderness and he said, um, every tree that does not bear fruit will be cut down and cast into the fire. What fire? Obviously, John was talking about a coming judgment. Um, he saw the Pharisees and the scribes coming down for baptism and he said, who, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? So John knew that there was a wrath coming, a judgment coming, and indeed, I, I believe that judgment did come in 70 A.D. against the Jewish people. But that's New Testament times, you know. That's not Old Testament. That's New Testament. Um, and in in the New Testament, uh, especially in the Book of Acts, we see the wrath of God. Um, there is Ananias and Sapphira, uh, a couple who had lied to the Holy Spirit, and uh, because of that, God struck them both dead. Uh, they fell they fell down immediately and had died. We know that, uh, I think at Herod in um, Acts, I want to say it's 12, I have to look that up, I'm not positive there, but Herod was also struck down uh, by an angel and killed instantly by God. Um, Paul, in his second letter to the Corinthians church, as he's writing about uh, a communion, uh, what we would call maybe the Last Supper, or uh, what we would call communion, um, He's writing to them about the abuse of it because the early church was abusing um, the Eucharist, uh, the Last Supper, communion, whatever you want to say about it. They were abusing it, and he said, for this reason, some of you have grown sick and fallen asleep. And, of course, the phrase fallen asleep is a metaphor, a New Testament metaphor for dying. In other words, Paul was saying, it's this reason, your abuse of the Lord's Supper has caused some of you to die. To me, that seems like God is judging. He's actively judging. Um, And then, of course, um, near the close of the New Testament in in 70 AD, God judged uh, um, Jerusalem, his, his his own people. God judged them, and he told them that he was going to do this. So we have plenty of evidence in the New Testament that at times God has to judge. 
that at times God sends his wrath or allows his wrath to be seen by his people for a cause, for a reason. Now, is God still judging his people? Well, I I don't know if I can really answer that. I'm going to suggest that. I mean, I'm going to think that he probably does. I would probably need a a prophet to be able to tell us that. Uh, In other words, if something happens, it could be the wrath of God. It could be the judgment of God. But without a prophet telling us that this is actually the case, I'm not sure I can say that it is or isn't. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I was uh, I was talking to a young man in the jail, and uh, he was telling me about his family life and how his mother had uh, actually hooked him on drugs when he was very young, and um, they she introduced him to drugs and um, introduced him to harder drugs, and they would get high together, and um, certainly she was doing a lot of things that a mother should not do uh, to her child. Uh, he was innocent in his early days, and uh, she led him astray. And uh, eventually she overdosed. I don't believe she died, but I think it put her in a comatose state. And he asked me, he said, um, was that God who did that? And I said, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't say that's, that's, that's above my pay grade. Uh, certainly she was making choices that, that would make overdosing option an option. You know, she was she was taking drugs. You don't overdose from drugs if you're not taking them. Um so it put her in a place of that, but it's obvious that God allowed it to happen, and I told him, you know what, it's possible that in her instance, God said, that's enough. No, it's enough. You're wrecking other people's lives. I've given you opportunity and chances to, to turn around, and enough is enough, and it's time to pull my hand back. It's time, perhaps, to allow you, this woman, to feel the consequences of her sin. You know, I told him, I I can't say that that's the case, but it wouldn't surprise me if God allowed that to happen because I believe that God continues to do those things. We, We, again, we have evidence of that taking place in the New Testament. You see, I don't believe God has ever changed. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us that God is unchanging. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, very famous verse, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In in Malachi, the prophet said that, For I, the Lord, do not change. Uh, You know, God does not change. Um, uh, Isaiah said, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. I, I don't believe that God has changed. He's still the same God as he was in the Old Testament, as he is in the New Testament. He has the same distaste for our sin. And I think it's possible at times when he allows us to go so far that he may say that's it. It's time to do something about that. I think that would be good cause for us to consider ourselves, to pause in what we're doing. Maybe we're inviting the judgment of God on us because I still believe that he does that. As much today in the era of the church as he did in the Old Testament days. He's still the same God. He's patient. He's kind. He gives us time. But in the end, if we reject his good will, I do believe that he judges. And that's all I have for today. Just wanted to share those thoughts with you. Thanks for joining me today on the Thinking Christian Podcast. I hope to see you next time. This is Dane Kramer signing out.